it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So, my lovely listeners, I've got another treat for you. I would say that all of you would like to know something more about the art of writing. And if you don't, then just switch off now. <laughs> but you'll be really sorry you did, because this is um, going to be a fascinating chat with a lovely lady who is called Helen Pollock. And she's speaking all the way from, um, I was going to say Royal Lamington Spa, but I don't know <laughs> if we're allowed to use the word royal. <laughs> Um, in Warwickshire. So hi Helen. Hello Trisha and thanks so much for having me on the show. Do, do you get any royal jokes up there? <laughs> Not really but people are like oh where is that? Where is it? And the most most often people will say oh actually I think I might have passed through there on a train. <laughs> so we're about, so about 30 miles southeast of Birmingham. There in between Birmingham and Oxford. Yes. There we go. That's a good geography lesson. It's always nice to know actually where people are. And uh, mm. it's, it's, it's lovely out there. Warwickshire. I know Warwickshire Castle I've been to, I think. Warwick. Yeah, Warwick Castle's Warwick about, Castle. uh, literally about two miles down the road from my house. <gasps> oh, I love to have a castle down my road. That would be fabulous. <laughs> so, um, so now Helen is actually a book coach and a ghost writer, not a ghost. Okay, there's a difference. Not yet. Uh, we might cover that. <laughs> and her company is called The Content Doc, which I think is a nice, good, straightforward, you know, sort of get on with it kind of a title. I like that um, for a company. So we're going to have a very good talk about writing, but very practical because these are tips that you could actually... You could put this in place with um, blogs, even a tweet. You know, it's just about things to think about when, when you write. So um, have I described what you do, Helen, in a sensible way? Yes, very sensibly. Um... <laughs> oh, so I I... oh, no, no, I must say something else. Helen is very good on languages, has spent a long time studying language. And I, I might never get a guest. Um, well, I might do, but who speaks Mandarin? And just, just, just tell the listeners a little bit about your, um, the, the, the business that you were sort of running previously. Mm. So um, my degree was French and Italian, um, but I also, um, I've lived abroad a lot. My parents have lived abroad a lot. And um, so I have some basic Mandarin. Um, and after I had my daughter, I was looking to create my own business and I'm really passionate about languages. Language and communication is me. Um, so I set up a Mandarin Chinese teaching business called Little Dragons. And I, mean, I didn't really teach very much because as I say, my Mandarin is very basic, but I employed people who, you know, obviously, could speak and teach Mandarin. Uh, so I did that for five years. 
before I realised that I, I kind of missed writing too much really and didn't get much of a chance to do that. So, um, so I created my own marketing and PR consultancy um, a couple of years ago now. My career has been marketing and PR. Um, so I went into PR because I love writing and you can get paid for writing. So, you know, yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after setting up my own consultancy, um, I was asked by a client to ghostwrite a book for him. And that became an Amazon bestseller. And so I've ghostwritten more books since then. And I've also started coaching, um, particularly female entrepreneurs, if possible, to write their own books, um, you know, if, if they need support with that, because a, a lot of people do. Actually, so oh, do. yeah, no, I, I love it. And you even managed, amongst all that, to have a spell in the events um, operations of the Royal Shakespeare Company. So, yes. so, that, so that appealed to me, um, <laughs> as, as listeners will know. Uh, um, so actually, just, just on that, so you're now working with clients and mm. they are handing over um uh, their book and the, uh, this is non-fiction mm. we're talking about and they're handing this over at a certain point of their journey and presumably you have to be slightly nice to them but also very strict <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know there's not completely demolish their entire confidence um, and have them slinking into a hole but equally you, you must have to be pretty brutally honest I guess and what, and what are the issues that you find when you get these manuscripts if you like so um I think the first thing I would say is that I, I'm you know it's accountability but it's mostly support that I offer um but my the strap line for my business is um making business writing better which obviously you know is a little bit of a play on words with the the doc in the content doc um but that's what it's all about and i work with i also work with businesses and entrepreneurs just to create general business content um as well as books it can be anything from you know a, yeah tweet blog post right up to a book and actually the many of the principles are the same when you're creating written content so that's one of my passions is is giving people simple frameworks and guidelines to help them write better um you know a lot of this stuff is not um, rocket science and we can all write better so um so the biggest issues i come across issue number one is always when people don't write for their audience so a classic example of this is when people write about the features of a product or service and their audience don't give a monkeys what their audience wants to know. And this is applicable to anything where you're trying to influence people is what's in it for me. Yeah. Immediately. That's what they want to know. We're assailed by content from every direction. 24 7 these days um yeah there are millions of blog posts published every day for example and we need to grab people's attention immediately so that's the key in the first sentence 
what's in it for me answer that question for your audience yeah and uh, so don't talk about yourself I that's one of, <laughs> one of the biggest things I say one of the first things I say to my book coaching clients um and and you know other clients too is it's not about you it's about them yeah yeah and yeah it's a tricky one isn't it because um in some ways I know a lot of people, especially when they're especially when they're starting up a business, they have a they have a little voice in their head which says, "I must, I must tell them all the things that I I've done, my experience, all the things that I'm kind of good at, and everything, um, because otherwise they won't think I can do anything for them." Mm. But it but it's it's being able to i mean you must be really good at this it's being able to weave that credibility stuff and story stuff into the, the message which starts with what, what what are they going to be interested in yeah yeah absolutely um and i think you know <laughs> there's also probably a bit of imposter syndrome go you know going in there when people are like but i i need to tell them i need to tell them but you're right there is an art to kind of weaving in credibility and authority but if you're putting out really great content for for your audience that's going to come across anyway yeah yeah you know. it's funny isn't it yeah that, that that is the obvious thing and yet and yet it's so easy to get lost and forget that it, it is yeah yeah and the other thing is you know the key with content uh content marketing any marketing is consistency and relevance so again that, that comes right back to this first point it's got to be relevant to your audience so there's no point in just talking about your business or your products or services for the sake of it has to be relevant to your audience so what's in it for them yeah yeah brilliant right so that is that all under number one that's all under number one Love so that's number two yes too wordy <laughs> too many words and you know that's one of the things as a professional writer that is absolutely second nature for me is to go back through the copy I've written whatever it might be and to remove anything that doesn't make a difference you want every word and every sentence to give value and if it doesn't it comes out love it love it I, I mean less is more is a is a favorite i mean it, it gets used in the acting circles as well um and it's just so true it's just so true what you in acting you know what you could there was um, a, a chap called pinter which who some people may or may not be familiar with but he was well known for his pauses and so as an actor pinter's you'd be pauses. reading yeah yeah pinter's pinter's pauses is that harold yes good old yeah. harold yeah we know harold we know. um it was it was always it was almost a joke but as an actor you if you were landed with a, a pinter script to work on you know you would there would be these pauses all over the shop no words no words no words no words um and when you were rehearsing you had you had to work out what was going on in the pauses in terms of your thought process and the whole context of that pause but they were they were laden with and it, if you look at anything on TV, films, 
you know, it's, it's often in those pauses where nothing's happening that, that actually, whoa, you're really engaged and it's just taking that breath. And I know, I know you can't literally do that on the page, but it is the same process in a way. Mm. Yeah, I think the power of your words can be diminished by massive volume. Mm. Mm. You know, you, you want your, your words, anything that you write should be punchy, you know, and, and it, it all comes back to that point, make every word count. Now, on, actually, just digging down on that a bit, because I'm being devil's advocate now. Um, mm. Where did that expression ever come from? Because I keep coming up with it. And I mean, I need to look that up and make sure it's not, you know, politically un- incorrect. <laughs> so, I Surely be, not. <laughs> I don't want to be mean to the devil, you know. Anything <laughs> like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'll just put this one out there. So make it punchy make every word count makes Mm. complete sense what's in it for them that's your mindset answering their questions looking at it from their perspective and that's how you engage Mm. right now i could say but this is going to be very cold and clinical and it's not gonna it's not gonna sing is it it's not gonna have much sort of lyricism in it if if i'm just saying oh you know what's in it for them make it punchy right Mm. so address that one Hannah. <laughs> well I guess um oh no 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 cold <laughs> clinical these are even though I'm the content doc those are not words that I want <laughs> to be associated with with business writing no and then that so that kind of comes back to your tone of voice and um I'd be very happy to give you a link to my um, brand values worksheet, um, which for your listeners, which um, helps you to work out your tone of voice. Mm, Good. And, and, you know, that's what will keep you on track. And so, no, I I don't think, I don't think um, trimming extraneous words or content is going to affect how you come across Mm. um it's just about using the right words and not too many words Mm. i mean yeah i it's really funny my my other half uh bless him he often kind of brings things that he's written for work to me just have a little look at and i'm just like wow (laughs) (laughs) just how many words can you fit in that sentence (laughs) um and he finds it really interesting he's like yeah you're totally right you know um so yeah i think it's not about making it cold or clinical at all that's about brand values and your tone of voice it's about choosing the right words and making them all count no matter what they might be so they can you know I, i wrote in a linkedin post yesterday so come on people let's take some action mm mm yeah, you know, it's not yeah. cold or clinical no, or personality it, free. No, it, it's it's real talk, isn't it? You can hear the voice. You can hear the voice. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and that's what we should always be aiming for. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, that's that's perfect. I love that. Oh, right, great. So, is there a number three? Yes. Go Funnily for enough, there is. Um, so, <laughs> avoid jargon and corporate speak um there is a slight caveat there b 
because depending on your audience that might actually be relevant to them Mm. but very often it's not and so many times I have to you know I have to go through client copy and it's like what does this acronym mean what does that acronym mean you know and and then there's there's words that are used in a completely different context in this sector um and you know just look through it and think if, if it's appropriate if it's applicable think would someone who's not in this industry understand that again it's who, who you're writing for first and foremost in your head yeah it is but um it's always best to assume that people don't understand mm particularly jargon i mean if you're like if you're like a brain surgeon who is writing for brain surgeons mm. go mad go wild because yeah. they will understand yeah but actually if you're a mortgage broker and you're trying to write an article for first-time buyers looking to get their first mortgage you don't want jargon in there that's gonna say so, I think language should be inclusive as much as possible. And when we use jargon or corporate language, we exclude people. Yes. yes. You don't want to exclude people <laughs> as much as possible. Is, is, and is even, the principle. Yeah, I love that. And, and also, you know, sometimes you get those emails in your inbox and they start off with, hi, sweetie, or some other... Cringe making, <laughs> Ellen. By the way, listeners is now puking. Um, uh, yeah, I honestly, what is going on there? Because it, it's another example. It might not be your obvious example when you're talking about jargon and buzzwords and acronyms and all the rest of it in your sort of corporate speak. But this is mm. this is another example of a form of um, language that you're you're adopting that is that is assuming that you're. That the, the people receiving this are going to bond with it, and and actually, it can be an absolute turn off, can't it? Do you know what that actually comes back to tone of voice, mm. um, and 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 getting the right tone of voice for your audience? Mm. Um, but yeah, that they're all kind of they're, they're they're related, really, aren't they? But yeah, oh no, no, no! I don't want anyone to call me sweetie unless. I actually know them. Yeah. Hi, awesome, cool kids. You know, what? What? I don't, I don't know. This is awful. You know, how about just hi? Um, uh, that, that, that will do for starters. Or somebody sent me a, a direct message the other day in LinkedIn and, it, and they almost got away with it not looking like a template. Um, but then I read it and, and it was... It used the word firm, your firm. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a one-person communication coach company. What yeah. the is going on? So, yeah, it, do be careful about the words suiting the, the people that you want to engage. Brilliant. Avoid jargon and corporate speech. Mm. And obviously, like coming from like a marketing and PR background, it's blinking everywhere in, in yeah. that sector. And I'm just, I mean, I, I won't refer, I won't use the lingo as it were um when i speak to clients you know i don't ever want to be referring to kind of you know 
collateral and you know i don't know Ooh. below the line above the line you don't you, don't, you know, know come on going forward um you know. <laughs> Let's all go forward. Um, I know my my uh, my husband works at a large institution which is full of brilliant acronyms which mean absolutely nothing. Um, and uh, and the marketing team keep coming up with more. Um, th there was a fabulous sitcom. Uh, what was it? The BBC W. In the thick of it. Well, um, in the oh thick no, of no, it, one. But there was no W. W one A, wasn't it? That's the yeah, one. Yeah, I wish they'd bring that back because that had me in stitches, and I was able to impersonate that marketing woman like that. <laughs> it was, uh, I and once I started, I couldn't stop. So uh, my husband really suffered because it was just like the marketing woman in the place he worked. <laughs> so, so although it was a sitcom or a, a comedy series. Um, really close to reality um and yes yeah. people do find themselves slipping into this way of talking so um i'm i'm guessing one two three we haven't got a four have we because no that's... no I, th I thought i'd just just bring the yeah the kind of top three the top three I like issues the top three. i like them that and, i come across and in so so if somebody sat down writing because as we said at the beginning this could go from a, a book you know all the way down to a tweet so so let's take an example of someone sitting down to write either an article or a blog post and mm. um, they've, they've written it they've, they've got it all out well no number one they sit there <laughs> and their mind goes blank any tips for the old kind of writer's block scenario yes so first of all um if you've got crystal clear about your customer avatar or or the or the audience that you're writing for i mean even if you're um, you know your customer avatar it would still be the same if you were um a charity or, or whatever whoever your audience is you need to create this kind of profile and be as exact and precise as possible so um you know my customer avatar for ghostwriting and book coaching is female entrepreneurs um so a female entrepreneur probably i know 46 um you know she is married she has two children she has her own business um she lives in you know england People get really hung up about um, having an avatar that will only that is so precise and exact, and that that will exclude other potential clients. I'm a marketer myself, and it took me a very long time to get my little my tiny mind wrapped around that one. It doesn't. If you see um, that ideal customer avatar as uh, the center, the bullseye on the dartboard it doesn't preclude people from the other ring so male entrepreneurs in my case or female executives or um you know 20 or 30 year old entrepreneurs from working with me it just means in my head when i write I'm focusing on the people who are like my perfect, perfect client, the ideal client for me. And those are the people in the bullseye. 
Um, so I, first lo- of all- I, love, I love that because you've, you've literally read my mind. And if you've read mine, you've read a thousand of other minds out there who, who are doing exactly what you said. I can't do it. I will not do an avatar. I don't want a niche. Don't make me niche. Don't make me um, niche. Because <laughs> all these other people then can't work with me. No, that's not what that, it's about. You've put that actually more clearly than, than anybody I've ever spoken to. You, you've really summed that up very well. I love that. I love the visual of the bullseye. And, and then it doesn't preclude all the other bits around it. I love that. I love yeah. that. So that, as you... As you sit down there with your blank screen, that will that will make the whole thing into more like a sort of human communication conversation thing, yeah. and it becomes less of a big deal. But yes, yeah, absolutely. That is exactly what you're doing. You know, you want your writing to be, you know, this it's the start of a conversation mm. with a you know with a real person, and that's what the avatar helps us to do. Yeah. So um, the other thing is, um, and I'm I'm going to give your listeners the keys to the blinking castle. I think, Trisha. Okay. <laughs> nice, excellent. Well, that is my promise on the strapline. Well, not going to <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> so I've created what I call my article framer, uh-huh. um, and really that it uses um, a technique from the Reuters Style Guide. And we work out before we start writing, we work out who, what, why, when, where, how, and so what. And when we go through that, the, the, the outcome is that it enables us to be crystal clear on our story, on our thread for this piece. Mm. So then if we look at the word count for what we're doing, and I've also got a how to write a blog post template and a how to write a long form article template. I'm again, very happy to provide um, that for your listeners. <laughs> I'm feeling very generous today. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) generous is good because people this is another misconception for any coaches out there you know that oh i mustn't give everything away nobody will work with me that isn't how it works that really isn't how it works you build relationships and people want that bespoke quality time with a one-to-one um you know time with the coach so actually being generous is is a way of just pulling people in beautifully so don't don't worry all you coaches out there and don't worry Helen yeah. uh, no one's going to take unfair advantage of you no um, that's it I'm I'm a giver what can I say um, so yeah so so that that would be great um, I, actually I'm going I'm to move you on because, oh. because you're giving so much I'm going to stop you giving on that one um, okay. and time wise yeah so we've we've done that we've we've sort of we've got some now some nice tools to loosen us up and get us into writing. We've yeah. written the article or blog. Um, and now we've got a load of words that should we now be doing something like a bit of an edit and, yes. a, and a proofread, I guess. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's a few, uh, tips that I've got from, from being a professional writer, um, for your listeners. Uh, first off, Obviously, use your spell check, but it is not infallible by Mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination. Um, So professional writers generally have um, a a kind of proofing buddy 
So, you know, when you work in a PR agency, uh, you always have a colleague who you send your drafts to and vice versa. Because no matter who, you know, who the heck you are, how good a writer you are, I think we always suffer from word blindness when it comes to our own stuff. Particularly if we've been write, uh, writing, on, writing it and working on it for a while. I'm looking at you, book writers, especially. <laughs> um, so get a buddy. And something else. So uh, my other half is dyslexic. And he has always had a big problem with proofing his own work. Um, his computer now has a read aloud function and that has been a game changer for him. Wow. So he can, you know, get um, Windows or I think Google also offers this functionality mm -hmm. to read out text to him. So if he writes an email, he, ha he reads it out, mm -hmm. he gets the computer to read it out to him aloud before he sends it. And that enables him to pick up more mistakes that, you know, he's already done the spell check, but the spell check doesn't um, always understand context. When he has this read out to him, he spots things that he would otherwise not pick up. So that's a really um, useful tip there. And then finally, hidden away in your word settings um, to do with kind of spelling and grammar is the Flesh Kincaid readability scale. Oh, I love so, that. Can you spell it? <laughs> it's, it's Flesh, um, F-L-E-S-C-H. Oh, and yes. Kincaid is K-I-N-C-A-I-D. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. it presents readability stats in two different ways. There's, a, there's basically a tick box in, uh, within the word settings, mm. and you can add readability stats. Um, so there's a scale of uh, up to 100, with 100 being very easy to read. So, you know, just check out how, you know, how... Oh, what, the other, a sorry. what a brilliant tip. I've got something on my website, the Yoast plugin, which has a sort of yeah. readability. I, I don't always, <laughs> I do, however, sometimes have arguments with it. <laughs> I, was just saying, I said, what do you mean there aren't enough adverbs or <laughs> passive? So, so, like you say, none of these tools are completely foolproof you know you're not yeah. like sort of completely ruled by the tool um mm. but they all just help and then you can you can look at it again and think oh, fair point actually fair or you might think no because you don't get quite what i'm trying to do there and i do know what i'm trying to do so although it doesn't appear like it's good on the readability front it it works for this particular project but you know it it just is a way of making yourself think double think triple think and and check and and that definitely you know don't please don't put out <clears throat> having said which on linkedin if you put out a post and i do this all the time i immediately go back into do you know this is weird i'm going to share this with listeners for some reason i write a post on my uh, laptop um there we go i've i've, I've published it and then I look at it on my mobile and I always spot 
mistakes on my mobile that I haven't spotted. Isn't that weird? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that's about. But, you know, we all have our little funny ways. But the main tip is check. And then uh, with, with a post, you can immediately go back in and just edit and, and do do that. You know, don't even a day later, sometimes I've yeah. spotted something. I was like, oh, God, um, a spelling mistake or whatever. Do you know what, Helen? It's another one of these conversations that could go on forever and a day, but you've already been like ridiculously generous. I, I, I mean, I'm going, I mean, the notes accompanying this podcast will be scattered with links um, and, and all these goodies and ideas and, and places to go. So um, I, I guess the main place for people to find you is where, where do you like people to land? LinkedIn or your website? LinkedIn or my website. Yeah. Um, so LinkedIn, I've got quite a lot of videos on there. If people go back through my posts, which tackle various subjects, there's also blog posts on my website. Um, and I'm going to give your listeners a link to my content structure buster mini course um, as well. Um, so that I mean they will literally have so much good stuff to help them write better content yeah. for their businesses I love um, that. oh mini courses well oh good grief and the content structure buster you know so much of that is applicable to book writing as well um yeah well and come then, back another time we can talk we can talk about that too um so yeah uh, I, I I've loved this chat it's Brilliant. I mean, I've learned loads, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> I mean, it really do miss for me. Uh, no, <laughs> listeners, I don't mean that. Um, so, but on the other hand, I do mean it slightly because when I listen back, um, as I edit these uh, before I put them out, if I if I don't if I didn't find them fascinating, then it would be a horrendously boring job, wouldn't it? To do it would this podcast. So actually, yeah. it is partly for me as well. So result i'd say i've thoroughly enjoyed that so i'm gonna wrap up now we managed to do all of that without the gas boiler service man interrupting us which i had warned helen might Mm. happen halfway through and i'd said if it does we'll just make it all part of the whole interview because this is after all the make it real podcast and what could be more real than my gas boiler being serviced of a of a Wednesday morning. So um love this, Helen. I hope you have a fabulous rest of the day there in Leamington Spa and we will catch up again soon. Lovely, thank you. Now keeping it real, I have forgotten something. (laughs) Which is really important. But I'm listeners, come back. Come come back, back, listeners, come back. back. I am going to be running um, the Get Unstuck With Your Book free three-day challenge starting on Monday the 3rd of February. Um, so I'll, again, I'll give you the link to that. Um, it's going to be three days of um, short videos which give you a task and then we'll have a break for a day and then there'll be um, a free webinar, Q&A webinar. And I'll also, I've created a free private event Facebook group. The outcome for uh, people who take the challenge will be a personalized action plan of the next steps they need to take to get a book written in 2020. So 
Oh, God, Helen, I am now almost overwhelmed with general <laughs> your generosity. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And we will Pleasure. definitely put all these links on and we'll speak again soon. Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Well, I'm going to force you to do something that I don't like doing myself. But I think the way that Helen described creating an avatar is is actually very sensible. And for those of us who resist it, let, let's make this the challenge. So yes, create that incredibly detailed customer avatar. But have in mind that doesn't exclude lots of other people. It just means that that's the bullseye that you're heading for in your writing. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.